Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've got a great episode for you. Um, I just wanted to do real quick. I announced last episode that uh, we have our T Public page up now for New Lantern Media. You can find all of the Paratruth uh, swag there. Um, we got a New Lantern Media logo swag up for you um and we are working on getting a uh a new artist to do some of the stuff that we've had in the past like our herc the hellhound t-shirt um the hellhound puppy t-shirt we've got just a pair of truth logo and uh a couple others there so definitely check it out uh it is up on the website i will make sure that uh the links are correct, so if you click on it, it'll bring you straight to the T Public page. Um, until we ever get to that point where we're actually just carrying T-shirts that we can send out to people, but T Public makes it really easy. So, but uh, today, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Eric and I had discussed this a little bit beforehand, and um, you know, it it's something that. I've thought about it a little bit and it, I, I think that, I don't know if Eric, if you've ever kind of pondered this at all, but uh, we're talking about the uh, simulation theory. Now, you know, most people won't know what this is, but uh, the most recent incarnation of the simulation theory actually comes from the university of Oxford philosopher, Nick Bostrom. Uh, in 2003, he had suggested that, Members of an advanced civilization with enormous computing power might decide to run simulations of their ancestors. They would probably have the ability to run many, many such simulations to the point where the vast majority of minds would actually be artificial ones within such simulations rather than the original ancestral minds. So simple statistics suggest it is much more likely than we are among the stimulated minds. Now, Eric, when... I suggested we do this topic. Had you really dug into this at all before you started doing the research today? I mean, I've dug in a little bit, but not much. Um, I mean, obviously, I knew what it was because clearly the Matrix, that's easiest, most modern <laughs> way to understand the simulation theory. And so there's plenty, been plenty of spinoff uh, with that in terms of my own research. Uh, and, I, you know, it's really interesting because i think some of the evidence or even the lack thereof is kind of compelling into proving that maybe we live in a simulation uh, but at the same time the evidence is just still not conclusive 
and maybe still favors the idea that we live in an actual reality as opposed to a made up one. So I think it goes both ways. And I think it's gonna be a fun topic to discuss here because there's just some really interesting theories about this. Right. Well, I mean, but the biggest thing that I found throughout the research is how would we know that we were in a simulated reality? We wouldn't. If you're doing a simulated universe that uh, we've created as humanity today, uh, you wouldn't really think that the virtual beings know that they're virtual beings. Um, But we also created them. So we know that they know, or they don't know that they're uh, virtual beings. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, but what's interesting about that is I mean, you're right. You know, if we create something that's virtually, uh, this doesn't virtually created, you know, they have a certain AI system that processes information and kind of guides them in what they're doing. When you think of playing a video game, you have full control of your character but if you were that character in that video game, you would still think possibly that you're living life on your own, doing it yourself, while there's somebody kind of pulling the strings in the background the entire time. And I think there's some interesting religious things that go into that that we could talk about mm. a little later. Um, but I think the big question here is, even if you and I are in a simulation that is being, uh, or that was created by future ancestors of ourselves people who are much highly more highly advanced and really may not even be human anymore uh now we're talking about you know hundreds of thousands even millions of years in the future for all we know uh and may not even resemble us there's still a chance that we here in our present time could assume or even figure out that maybe we are in a simulation by paying attention and looking for the quote unquote glitches that any computer system would inevitably have or bugs. Uh, And there's a couple of examples that I've seen in my own life and I'm sure you've seen as well. And I know you've seen actually that kind of help support the idea of bugs in the system. If this was a simulation that we're living in Uh, and probably one of the most common is the idea of the Mandela effect, Um, Mm. which is just simply believing one thing to be true that really wasn't true at all. And like the Bernstein, Bernstein, bears, bears or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, we had a discussion about that once upon a time when we did the Mandela effect episode, right? Uh, butterfly effect episode. And I, you know, I remember being one way. And apparently when you told me <laughs> it's, it's never the way I thought it was, uh, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. When I thought Shaq was Sinbad, at one point there could have swore he was, but he wasn't. So, you know, those are like little things that we can consider maybe bugs in the system uh, that we caught on to. But again, there's real no way to prove that. So. I mean, I know of one in particular. Yeah. The year 2020. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge glitch in the make sure right now. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe it's just the way it was created, though. Maybe we're set for this. Or a virus is completely wiping the system and we're seeing the after effects of it. Who knows? Could be. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, re- reading through a lot of this research, um, even Neil deGrasse Tyson has uh, talked about this and he thinks, you know, maybe 50 50 chance, which, I mean, truthfully, there's 
that's the only odds you would come up with. Either we are or we aren't. There's that's the fifty fifty chance right there. Um, you know, uh, Elon Musk actually had mentioned. He raised the good point talking about the video games, kind of like what we were just talking about, uh, saying 40 years ago we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we were. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. And soon we'll have virtual reality. We'll have augmented reality, which we already have augmented reality. This was actually in 2016 uh, he was talking about this. Uh, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indis- indistinguishable from reality. If no, if one progresses at the current rate of technology of fate, excuse me, a few decades into the future, very quickly, we will be a society where artificial entities are living in simulations that are much more abundant than human beings. So. You know, it was being talked about even in 2016, and the original theory came from 2003. So, um, what's some of the stuff that you came across? Uh, well, you know, one of the big things that I thought was interesting was more or less the arguments as to why we could be living in a, in a simulation and just what exactly like those ideas are that can help prove the idea of a simulation. Like for example, uh, let's just bring up religion uh, in general, because when you look at Genesis and you hear about creation, you know, uh, Genesis one talks about the creation of the world, the creation of animals and, you know, people and everything. Uh, And then there's this idea throughout scripture that God had predetermined who would be saved and what would happen. You know, he says it from the very beginning, what would happen to the devil, how, uh, there'd be a new earth created and a new heaven. They'd merge together and we'd have, you know, we'd be in heaven with him uh, here on earth. And people have used this as kind of an idea in which the simulation still supports the religious, the religious view of God, because in a simulation, we have a creator who created us to begin with and is in a way in a way knows the beginning and the end because they simulated the game from the beginning uh, just mm-hmm. as God too created everything and knows the beginning and the end. So I, I think for some people, this kind of helps support their own faith uh, based on, Oh, if we're living in a simulation, then God is real, but you still have to factor in like, at what point are we no longer living a, a, uh, a life of freedom, I guess, or free will, you know, that kind of just all gets thrown away. Does every single decision I make, was that all predetermined, you know, uh, right. is this conversation predetermined? Was there something in the works that said from the very beginning of time that you and I would sit here at this computer and talk about this and know exactly what we were going to say? So, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of interesting ideas behind it, but again, it's still speculative science. Uh, and, really i don't know it's just just kind of weird to think of even from a religious standpoint being in a quote-unquote simulation uh but again that's hard to tell because everything feels so real but we wouldn't know one way or the other well um speaking on the the religious or even spiritual woo-woo side of of it um many people not everybody but many people believe that we are uh, energy beings, spiritual beings 
in a meat suit, pretty much. And in a sense, would that or would that not really be the ultimate simulation by simulating but, actual life? So, well, um, it, it, well here's the thing, though, because I've actually thought about this, especially when I first became a Christian. Before we even talked about any of like, the simulation or uh, had the idea of this matrix thing. Um, in the scripture, it says it's the Holy Bible. It says that uh, those who are Christians were pre were chosen from the beginning. They're pre chosen or pre um, determined to become Christians. Uh, so what's interesting about that, like when Jesus says you were chosen from the beginning, it's like in one sense you could be like, okay, God knew I'd be created at some point in whatever way. And that one day I would become saved. I'd be chosen to become saved. But the other thought is if we are spiritual beings, which I truly believe we are, what if we've been living spiritually in heaven the whole time and we were chosen from the beginning to take our seat in this simulation in earth. And so we were chosen from the very beginning to kind of enter into this kind of life that we're living for one reason or another. Uh, and when we die, we just go right back to, you know, we're basically unplugged and we're back into our real reality. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people even have thought about, and I've even talked about, I think you and I talked about it, it uh, in which this life that we're living now is a simulation. But when we dream at night, that's the reality. Uh, and so we're actually seeing bits and pieces of our real reality, which is where everything is just crazy and a mess because it comes in in various different, uh, you know, chunked pieces. And, and a lot of it is just weird, especially they can consider nightmares and things like that. What does that mean? Uh, it could be a thought of downloading um, or, or like recharging. How many times do we hear somebody say that when we sleep our brain literally recharges the body it shuts down but something always runs think of your computer when it goes to sleep the modem is constantly running but the screen everything is shut down and that's the same thing that's happening to our brain uh, when we go to sleep so it's really interesting how close we are in terms of a computer or computer software running uh even mm -hmm. as a human being when we're uh, asleep right well it Something that, uh, I mean, going even into uh, literature and, and movies and, and fiction now, um, some that's something I kind of came across too, and you already mentioned The Matrix, but um, I don't know if you ever saw The 13th Floor? Yeah, a while ago. Okay, yeah, um, it, yeah it's an old one, um, but that was a... Uh, simulated reality where when the person would go to sleep in the virtual world they would wake up in in the real world and uh you know it, it was a thriller talking about how um this guy's virtual counterpart um oh no i take that back they would the the simulation would continue but when they when the people jacked in they took over the body of the of the virtual body that's right so that's one of them that i i remember uh i actually just watched i don't know if you've seen um the mandela effect movie on netflix at all mm -mm. but that was actually a really interesting one where this guy is doing research 
um, his daughter dies, and he's doing research and finds the Mandela effect, starts getting obsessed, and then uh, starts seeing his daughter come back into reality. And then, um, you know, it keeps going on and on and on. Um, then they figure out that they actually already have a computer running a simulation in his particular reality. Um, so as he digs further into it, um, I won't completely destroy the movie for you guys. If you want to see it, check it out. But uh, he he does come to a conclusion, and it, it was very well put together. Um, I highly recommend the movie. It's a shorter movie, like an hour and a half, which is movies that we used to be able to watch instead of these two to three hour ones anymore. But um, yeah, that was another one that I found really interesting. And we, like you had said earlier, we talked about the Mandela effect and that is one thing that you could say maybe is a glitch in the matrix. Um, Something else that a lot of people have talked about and I've kind of seen through some articles here and there is the fact that we're constantly seeing quote unquote ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, Bigfoot, aliens, uh, Chupacabra, um, you know, any cryptid, the Loch Ness Monster. Could those all be glitches in the Matrix where these possibly ancient creatures somehow glitched into our reality because. Uh, somebody was running a simulation and something happened. That's something else that I've thought about and have kind of seen too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's there, obviously there's certainly a, something kind of plausible about it when you, when you consider, I think this, like this whole simulation theory thing could be plausible, but again, plausible isn't, test positive you know this isn't like yes right. this is happening you know this is just sure it's possible uh but it isn't fact um one other thing that i noticed and this is something more like off top of my head because this i forget where i read it or heard it or if we discussed this but consider your eyesight <clears throat> uh somebody who has clear vision 2020 you're sitting outside on a clear day bright and sunny the sky is blue. When you stare at the sky, you tend to notice these white, weird, fuzzy pixelations uh, in the sky. And there's this thing within the eye that causes that to happen. It's the way it, the light reflects. It causes all this fuzziness. And I don't know if anyone has ever done it. Don't stare at the sun, but stare off away from the sun at this blue sky uh, and just stare at it. And you'll start to notice that there's a lot of white happening. Uh, within your eyesight as well it's very common um and if since that's the case the question is why are we seeing that like is it really just the way the light is reflecting off our eyes or is there some type of electronic current uh from the simulated from the reality uh wherever we're plugged into uh that's causing this weird connection and we can only see it in the clearest of places uh, you know, and then another one is like people who claim the <laughs> the flat earth people or, you know, when you talk about the dome being over earth, it's a solid mm-hmm. blast dome or whatever that you can't get out of. When you look up at it, apparently somebody took video of it and you could see these waves going through the sky and it's 
they use it as an idea um, in, in which God said he separated the waters uh, below and above. And they claim that these waves you saw above in this video looking at the sky were actually real waves or like a real ocean over us uh, in this dome, which I debunked quickly as just being the camera. It's the way the camera films, you know, an older camera creates Mm -hmm. various video waves uh, in order to keep everything refreshing. But if we're talking about a simulation, that could be another type of weird little glitch that we're seeing something that's more virtual in nature, more electronic in nature than actual reality. So. Right. Well, um, I guess let me ask you this for that particular one. uh, Do you remember if the person that had filmed it, was actually the person that filmed it did they say they saw it with the naked eye i don't re- no i don't think so i don't think they saw it with the naked eye they zoomed in with the camera it was a zoom in that they saw oh, okay and you know i don't know they, they didn't have a ton of information you know it's one of those <laughs> for those of you who know the type of individuals who are very gung-ho about certain views and it's the only view that's that can be you know they, they don't have an open mind right they're willing to give you a video like this one, where it's just simply waves and a very short little sentence of a description telling you that their truth is the reality, um, which is very troubling, I think, for their <laughs> argument. Well, I mean, we'll get into this in post show about what we actually finally believe on this, but, uh, Something that uh, I was reading in my research is uh, another gentleman by the name of Max uh, Tegmark, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, that said, is it logically possible that we are in a simulation? Yes, like you said. Uh, Are we probably in a simulation? I would say no. In order to make the argument in the first place, we need to know what the fundamental laws of physics are, where the simulations are being made. And if we are in a simulation, then we have no clue what the laws of physics are. And the article goes on to say, nevertheless, Tegmark went on to state that recognizing that we are probably living in a simulation is as game-changing as uh, Copernicus realizing that the Earth was not the center of the universe. So... It's uh, really interesting that there's multiple takes on this. Um, Something else that I came across on this, uh, in that same article, it says, where are the aliens, the Fermi paradox? And uh, it says, do you ever wonder why humans have not come in contact with aliens yet? In the vast, unimaginable size of the universe, we are there not, or why are there not more signs of intelligent life out there? Welcome to the Fermi Paradox. Named after the Italian-American physicist Enrico Fermi, the Fermi Paradox is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence of extraterrestrial civilizations and various high estimates for their probability, i.e. the Drake Equation. Perhaps there are no aliens in the simulation? In this current reality, the easiest thing to do for the people behind the simulation is to simply simulate life in just one place in the universe. The universe might have just been created for us. And again, kind of goes along the lines of what 
a lot of Christians believe, or some Christians believe, that the only planet that has life is Earth. We're a special planet, which I don't deny we're a special planet, but I also do believe that life could evolve on other planets or or be on other planets. Um, and uh, so kind of something to go with the the Fermi paradox is maybe extraterrestrials created the simulation and uh, wrote themselves out of the code so we wouldn't discover that there's aliens. I'm sure. That, I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Um, and it's also possible that they are simply so far more advanced technologically than we are. Uh, even if they are programmed in here somehow, they find a way to escape the virtual reality and either get back to reality or at least stay far enough away that they stay out of our sight as well. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's hard to believe whether or not aliens actually do exist because there's a lot of theory and speculation, obviously a ton of videos and photos that are pretty, uh, that seem pretty significant in proving mm -hmm. some type of alien life. Uh, and of course I think some of the military, uh, issues of alien activity that have been so wonky over the years you know uh, we right. think of 1947 roswell crash how they came up and said oh it was aliens and then came back and retracted the previous statements and oh right. no it's just a weather balloon you know that's the first issue right there but we've also had military um individuals who have come out and said yeah i worked for such and such and there were are aliens or uh we do have this or that whether or not there are any consequences which i'd imagine there would be because you're I mean, I don't know how it works. I don't know if once you're free from the military, oh, I, I highly doubt it. But, you know, w when you're in a certain, um, at a certain level of clearance within the military, you know, you, you kind of, when you signed up for, the, for, for that particular clearance, you've already signed a contract, whether you literally did or not, uh, to keep your mouth shut and not say anything. And I'd imagine that holds out for the rest of your life. So for those individuals who have come out and said something, whether or not there's any retaliation, I don't know. My guess is probably not because if the government retaliated and that person disappeared, well, guess what? They just proved that there must be aliens and now the world, right. you know, <laughs> uh, the rest of the population goes crazy. But I don't know. Like it's, again, it's really interesting. There's a lot of stuff that happens, I think, in nature that can almost be seen as glitches and as an idea of a uh, virtual reality, when you think about twins, for example, like when they're born, could that be a glitch in the system where something is doubled? Uh, it's like right. a mirror, you know, yeah. same with people who have diseases or who have certain disabilities uh, from birth. Could that be a glitch in the system? Uh, there, I remember there was a video a couple of years ago. Uh, my sister had actually posted. I hadn't seen it until she posted it. But there's a basketball game and the video went viral because there were four players on the court uh, on the same team. And all four players turned at the exact same time in the exact same movement with the exact same leg and exact same arms moving at the same time. They all mirrored each other identically at the exact same time. And it was like, this is proof of the matrix. Uh, now, whether or not that's really proof or just complete random coincidence Again, up for debate, and we have no actual proof to say one way or the other. But again, another little argument that 
kind of supports the idea that maybe we are living in some type of virtual reality. Right. Well, um, I honestly don't have anything else that I had come across. Was there anything further that you had? Well, I, one thing, I mean, there's, there's a, quite a few things that we could talk about, at least in terms of uh, various reasons why we might be living in a simulation uh, or okay. why we might not be living in a situation uh, in one. Uh, one that I came across, which I thought was kind of interesting, was the idea of climate change. Uh, this comes from Vulture.com. I'm just going to kind of read it real quick. It's very short. Mm -hmm. It says, our civilization is set on the cusp of environmental chaos, suggesting we could be an ancestor simulation created in hopes that we'd show our, an or our, our creators how to solve an energy crisis. This theory overlaps slightly with the aliens as simulation quitters uh, theory. But if we found an innovative solution to climate crisis, extraterrestrial beings might return uh, to change the results or to fix it. Uh, I mean, when you let that sink in a little bit, you got to remember one thing. Computers compute a lot faster than humanity does. And so for all we know, for as long as everything seems to be in our lives, you know, a year is 365 days. That's a long mm. time. Um, but for all we know from the outside, they're seeing it in a matter of fractions of milliseconds you know uh again going back to scripture the bible says that god that a thousand days uh or that a day is like a thousand what is it something like that. a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day that's what it is uh which yeah i think we talked about that in our uh perception of time episode. right um and so it could very well be you know the further away you are from the epicenter uh, the faster time moves. And so when we're talking about like time-space continuum, for example, when we're talking about trying to go back in time, there's a suggested theory that if you were able to travel fast enough uh, at just about the speed of light, being that we could never actually achieve the speed of light at 100%, we'd have to be around 99%. Uh, we were able to get far enough away from Earth, we'd be able to look back with a telescope and see dinosaurs on our planet living and doing whatever dinosaurs did. Uh, and so the idea is if you're far enough away, in this case, being a creator on the outside of the simulation running the computer, then maybe time is moving significantly faster or slower based on the reality that they're living in or the reality that we're living in. So, Well, something that you just kind of sparked um, for me is, is you know what what would be the point of doing an ancestral uh simulation i, I get you said to uh try and see if they could solve a energy crisis or something like that but given that uh you're putting all the parameters you know from history into a simulation and um the the history and, and characters that we know of today if you're putting those into a simulation uh what's the guarantee that the simulation is going to go exactly the same as history did right you know you're right we don't know that's 
there's always and that's the problem with like the idea of a simulation or anything run by a computer is that you can't fully control the outcome of what a computer computes uh think of you know the the other day yesterday i think it was the day before i sent you a little meme that was like the first page of a Batman script that a computer made mm-hmm. after watching 1000 hours of Batman films or something like, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it was so wonky and weird. <laughs> you know, you would think that being a computer and being where we are today in technology, that the computer should be able to come up with a really straightforward uh, plot, but it was so messed up and just weird uh, the computer couldn't really understand or compute what it was seeing back to, you know, back on paper, back to its cr- creator, you know, the one who created the computer. So I think that is something we have to consider. Again, though, this is a different time. Uh, the simulation is now in our reality, but the ones who are simulating us, who have put it all together, are very advanced beings, supposedly in the very far future. So their computing processors could be a lot stronger, a lot faster, a lot more significant in terms of data uh, than we can ever imagine. Uh, And maybe they are almost perfect. You know, when we start thinking of the Terminator movies and what they were taught, you know, what people think Mm. about technology turning on us, it could be beyond that even at this point. Uh, And maybe humanity doesn't exist, but it's just the, like, the the uh, lack of a better word, the mind of humanity that's within the current computer age that lives in the future, um, or even the spirits that of humanity that live within machines instead of actual human bodies. I mean, you never know, you just never know. Um, but it, but well, it I is mean, there's been talk about uh, at some point we will be able to upload our consciousness into a virtual state too so that's a good point mm-hmm. i like i like your thought process there um and i guess the other real thing to think about too is if we're in a simulation uh mm-hmm. okay it's advanced civilizations far beyond what we are now if it's a offshoot of humanity uh, maybe it's an extraterrestrial species that has created a simulation, whatever the case may be. Um, instead of doing an ancestral uh, simulation to find out something, it's a form of entertainment. Look at us creating simulations in video games. Look at us uh, watching different movies and TV shows and that sort of thing. And we use it as a form of entertainment, a way for us to escape our own reality right so no you're absolutely right um you know the one thing i think we we need to discuss a little bit because we've talked a lot about uh the various theories and ideas behind why a simulation uh might be real and why we might be living in a simulation but we haven't really discussed uh the various thoughts or evidence that support reality that we're living in as opposed to uh, the simulated world. And, you know, I think that they're both hard to grasp to begin with. And especially since most, mm-hmm. uh, most people tend to, especially in the articles that you tend to find online are always wanting to support a little more of this idea. They want to tell you about simulation and not so much about our reality. Cause I mean, really, if this is reality, who wants to know any more about reality when we're talking about simulation, right. uh, 
but there's still a lot to consider. And one is, of course, uh, the simple fact that we even have a thought process to begin with uh, that isn't really tight, like computerized in a sense, minus, I mean, obviously stuttering over our words every once in a while, that could be a weird glitch. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, we, we still, the way we take everything in, you know, you, the way we live and breathe and speak and think, you know, it, uh, a, a good quote to remember is I think therefore I am, you know, and that's to simply suggest that because we think we should be alive, uh, living in a reality, an actual reality, not a virtual one. Uh, if mm -hmm. we were in a simulated reality, we may not be able to think quite like we do. It would be more just kind of going about our normal business as usual every day with very little thought process to it. Um, so that's one thing. I mean, what do you think? What are anything that you can consider or think of that might support the idea that we're living um, in actual reality? Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that supports both. But um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything in the research that said, you know, sparked something saying, yeah, there's there's just as much argument for reality um, than there is for the the opposite. And I mean, truthfully, I I don't I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, but um, you, you had mentioned, I think, therefore I am. Um, mm -hmm. In and of itself, whether we live in a virtual reality or a an actual reality, um, that virtual reality would be our reality. Um, we think we're, we are real. We know who we are. We're self-aware. Um, that's the one thing that you had mentioned earlier about... Uh, technology taking over um at some point a virtual reality or an ai system will possibly become sentient and understand what it is and know what it is and we can go even deep further into that whole scenario but um the i was reading the original uh trilemma argument that Nick Bostrom came up. Every time I read it, I feel my 
eyes keep going further and further outward because my brain can't process what this is talking about. Um, but uh, I'll read this to you and I'll see if you can make any sense of it because uh, I'm having a hard time with it. Uh, number one, the fraction of human level civilizations that reach a post-human stage that is one capable of running high fidelity ancestor simulations is very close to zero. Or Two, the fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof is very close to zero. Or three, the fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close to one. Hmm. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, again, this is like something like that. We're, we're still looking at I was, was who was this by? Was this was a uh, study? This was thing? by no. This was uh, Nick Bostrom from. This was Nick uh, Bostrom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? And it's one of those things where, like, with something like that, there. I don't know if there's any significant evidence to help support what he's saying there. Uh, most, you know, when when you make claims like that, most people have a study to help back it up. Which even then, like you consider the amount of studies that are conducted for various things, even considering COVID-19, for example, um, you know, most studies are conducted in a very small basis, upwards of, you know, it could be a couple hundred people and as low as 30. And then they base the results or they use the results to base it on the whole. So it's like if you do, you, you know, you have 30 people. And you conduct one study to figure out, you know, how likely it is that somebody has a mental disorder and you find out, oh, one in every five people born has a mental disorder. That doesn't even actually tell us that that's the case. All that tells us is they coincidentally picked up 30 people who happen to have the same amount of people with the disorder to claim, oh, one in five. Or if they got right. a completely different group of 30, they may find nobody with a disorder whatsoever. And at that point, it completely ruins the results of the original test so you know i think there's a lot of this like oh one in you know seven billion you know that's just i just don't see how those type of results can even be considered results without actually testing all seven billion uh, you know right. people right well i mean it that's the thing with this particular theory um, it's all hypothesis and s- speculation. Uh, there's no, sure. there's no real, um, <clears throat> science quote unquote that we can kind of apply to this. Um, the one other thing that I actually, I just remembered that I had come across, um, for the saying that we are living in a simulated reality, which I don't believe that this necessarily suggests that, but, uh, the fact that um, so many things that are in our reality right now can be broken down to mathematical equation. Okay, right, yeah, and uh, you know, and I'm actually like looking at something right now that talks about uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Planck lengths. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, P L A N C K, and this is the idea that it's the shortest possible length in the universe that physicists believe we can actually see, uh, which is approximately 1.6 times 10. I think it's 
35 squared, negative 35 squared meters. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but the idea is when you look at something like space in a, in a, right, like the galaxy or a Milky Way or something like that, mm-hmm. um, in a telescope or in a really high end uh, photo, such as something taken from satellite or one of our, uh, one of our satellites that are out there snapping photos for us, if you zoom in really far as, far as far as you can zoom and then zoom in further still and then zoom in a little bit more, you eventually hit a point where it all becomes pixelated. And that is, in theory, the point in which the galaxy or the universe starts to show its true uh, nature and that it's all pixelated building blocks, basically, uh, that create our reality or the universe. Now, I, obviously, there's various arguments for this, um, but I think uh, the big one here is this could simply be the max resolution of the photo taken. So if we zoom in on a photo, that's super clear at like, just for example, we're going to say 10K, and that's not even the clearest that it could be, but it'd be beyond <laughs> that. Eventually, you're going to zoom in so close that you're going to find pixelations in that photo because nothing's going to be perfect. Um, on the flip side, though, I think this also kind of helps support the idea of creation, especially in a biblical sense, because scripturally speaking, uh, as far as we know and understand, heaven is beyond our universe. It's outside of our universe. In fact, when we talk about the heavens, we start first and foremost with our sky, our atmosphere, uh, and then it goes beyond that you know to the ends of the earth and then into outer space and beyond outer space as far as we can go mm-hmm. uh the idea is that at some point we don't know when where how or whatever the universe does end uh in christian thinking uh, at some point if you go far enough you end up reaching the throne room which is where god sits on his throne and so these mm-hmm. pixel- pixelations uh, could very well be very similar to say uh, that they're a wall hiding us or hiding God, God's actual self, the image of him uh, from, from what, from us, basically, you know, we can't see him until, unless he makes a visit to us or uh, we go to heaven. Um, but even to stand in his glory would be a very, painful for us you know when you think of the seraphim they're known as the burning ones because they're so close to god in the throne room uh that they're basically just like on fire because of his radiance and this whole idea kind of reminds me of um how what that's uh the truman show and anyone Mm -hmm. who's watched the truman show with jim carrey you know that was more or less a virtual reality for him he was actually living but everything was controlled on the outside and he sees every day he looks out over the the ocean or whatever it was uh, and he sees the you know the horizon and one day he decides he's just going to go and take the boat out and he runs into a wall eventually after a storm and it's kind of like that same idea here you know you consider uh us living in this reality which either is or isn't virtual uh, but nonetheless, if we go out into the ocean that is space and travel far enough, maybe we hit a wall that would eventually take us into the the heavens of God, the, the throne room of God, basically. Maybe that's what these pixelizations are, if they're not actually just part of the, the photo right. issue. Right. 
All right, folks. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of it right after this little advertisement. Hi, I'm Brooke Haley Martin. And I'm Erin Skrback. And we have a little web series called Audition, Audition Life. Life. Inspired by true events, our series focuses on all the things that could potentially go wrong in an audition. And trust me, what can go wrong will. You can watch the series by going on www.auditionlifetheseries.com or by following us on the Instagram handle at Audition Life the Series. Break, Break a leg. leg! Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are talking about the simulation theory. Uh, this can also be considered a conspiracy by some. Some, yeah. And maybe it is. I don't know. So <laughs> what we've covered over the last 45, 50 minutes or so um, is mainly just a lot of suggestions as to why we might actually live in a virtual reality. Uh and a few in which maybe we don't. And, you know, at, at this point of the show, we usually step back and kind of look at the entire uh, episode as a whole. Everything we've talked about, everything that we've researched uh, regarding this particular subject matter. And ask each other what we really think is happening or whether we believe in this type of thing or what our thoughts are on it. And so, I mean... It sounds like I'm going somewhere else with this, but I'm not. So we're just going to go ahead and do just that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, after everything here, and we've talked about a lot, and we've both read more than what we've even been able to discuss within an hour. Uh, I mean, what are you seeing? What are you thinking here in terms of your truth? I'm going to say, because, again, it's your truth, not everybody else's necessarily. Right. Um I don't I I'm kind of like with uh DeGrasse Tyson that it I mean it could be a 50-50 chance that we are living in a simulated reality compared to an actual reality. Um we've kind of already said in a sense if you're talking from a spiritual or religious standpoint, uh we kind of really are. Um but uh you, you know from my personal perspective at this point um, either way, what does it matter? You know, I mean, if, if I know I'm in a virtual or in a simulated reality, is that going to change how I perceive and react to things? Uh, maybe, but very not likely. Um, just like, you know, you and I will, will debate and talk about stuff, but in the end, I'm going to end up believing what I believe. You're going to end up believing what you believe. Sometimes we'll come together on stuff. Sometimes not. But um, in the end, I don't think it really changes anything because say, for example, okay, we live in a simulated reality. We all come to the realization that we live in a simulated reality. What happens then? Does the world end because the computer system shuts the simulation down because we've become self-aware? And in a sense, the world ends like the a lot of religious people believe, not just Christians, but a lot of religions believe that the world will come to an end. Um, yeah, that's that's my two cents on it. What about you? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree with you to, to an extent as well, 
my concern would be more so those individuals who truly do believe that we're living in a simulation and are those uh, extremists, if you will. Because let's take another semi-virtual reality video game uh, that people like to play, and I'm sure it's going to become an actual virtual reality headset at some point, if it isn't already, and that would be uh, Grand Theft Auto. And what Mm -hmm. do you do there? Most people get on there and they just start killing people and stealing cars and doing <laughs> right. that. So I, I think the biggest issue with believing we live in a virtual reality and allowing people to believe that is your morals uh, are no longer existing. You no longer need them. Uh, you know, what the law says uh, in terms of human law, uh, government law, all that is meaningless. Uh, you can do whatever you want because in the end, regardless of what happens, you're simply unplugged and you're still living in another reality that isn't this one. Uh, and I think that's really sad because when, and if we really are living in a true reality, like I believe we are, I don't think it's a simulation at all. I do. Obviously I believe in creation. I believe that there's a God uh, and I believe God, uh, Jesus had created us and allows us to live freely full of free, like free will and everything. Uh, he just kind of stands out on the side and watches and maybe intercedes here and there when needed. Uh, and, and that's not to say that there isn't some sort of uh, predetermination on mm-hmm. his part and who comes to salvation or what happens. But I think being God, you could have both. You can have a creation that is has full free will and yet still kind of mess with the circumstances of it. And, and like, I hate to, to to use ants as a subject matter uh in, in terms of humanity versus god but when you look down at an ant i mean you literally have its entire life in your hands as a human you know you can act as god uh you can let it go on its merry way doing whatever that little ant is doing or you could set up a catastrophe you could pour water and flood the entire area and possibly it drowns uh, you could blow wind on it and it gets blown away. You know, you could you could step on it and guess what? It ends. You know, its life ends. You know, there's so many different things you could do uh, to that little creature. And I think in a way, the same thing happens with is with God. Only God is always looking to um, looking to better us, or uh, you know, He's always for us and not against us. In terms that He would never just look down on top of us and say, "Oh, I feel like killing you and squash you." Uh, Another example, using that same example, an ant walks across the street, or any animal for that matter, and it gets hit by a car. Is that God coming down and striking it? No, it's an unfortunate circumstance in which the animal jumps in front of a car because it's scared, doesn't really process like we do, and it gets hit. And who knows what, you know, who knows what the reason is. God could have stopped it, sure, but maybe he didn't. Um, and that's the same thing with humanity, you know, why do we get sick? Why does this happen? Why does that happen? There's a lot of arguments, whether it's demonic entities that are doing it or whether it's just part of our fallen nature, uh, why God intercedes and doesn't intercede. You know, those are all things I think we tend to hurt our brains too much thinking about, and it kind of, you know, takes us away from the reality that is reality. And that is just being who we are and who we're supposed to be and doing our best to live life uh, to the fullest. Uh, But to kind of go also along with what you were saying earlier is this game comes on vulture.com and I thought it was kind of interesting. So I just want to kind of finish this off here Mm -hmm. uh, with this. Uh, You guys might remember that back in 2015, 
that there's this big crazy thing happening online in which uh, there was a photo that was sent out via Facebook, I think, of a dress. And this dress, depending on what you saw, was either blue or it was gold. Um, and that brought up a lot of debate as to why we were seeing two different things. Were they two different pictures? Were they? Uh, was it all based on the type of uh, a phone or computer you you were using? You know, screen mm-hmm. brightness. Uh, you know, there's a number of different reasons why one could be blue, one could be gold. Uh, but one thing that maybe not a lot of people really bothered to consider is that based on the pitch or the volume of color and saturation or uh, saturation on these digital devices uh the fact is that we all saw something different whether blue or gold but regardless uh what that tells us is that we perceive reality differently from another person i perceive reality differently than you do uh, and someone else perceives it differently than we do so in that sense our brain partly uh creates the simulation in the world that we live and that simulation still again isn't necessarily a literal virtual reality but it still shapes our ideas our beliefs our morals and all of that uh based on what we've learned growing up or based on how we our outlook and how it's been shaped over time so some just some stuff to think about the things we get into on faith or on paratruth radio <laughs> ethics uh realities perceptions uh it's actually really fascinating that we could, we <laughs> are able to discuss all these great things um so that's the end of the episode folks i hope you guys enjoyed it uh definitely let us know your thoughts i'm super interested to hear people's thoughts um I may not believe that we live in a simulation or don't care, but um, I would love to hear how other people are are coming across this information and w- want to hear your theories or thoughts on it. So um, I've been preaching it for the past couple weeks now, um, or past couple episodes. At, we are looking for new shows for New Lantern Media. Um, if you have a, a show that uh, you're doing and you're just not liking doing it by yourself you don't know what to do um you just want the camaraderie um we would love to have your show on new lantern media uh there's no there's no contract saying oh you know you have to stay with us or you're exclusive to the to us no we will not do that um but also for those that are thinking hey i would really like to do a podcast i think that my uh, ideas and thoughts are relevant definitely reach out to us because that is even more what we would like to do because we're here to help people and you know eric and i have amassed uh 12 years worth of knowledge on how to record how to do graphics eric is great with doing uh logos and graphics now um i've learned a lot of the sound quality side of it uh, but Eric does know that as well since he's in cinematography. So uh, definitely reach out to us, newlanternmedia.com. Just click the contact tab and, you know, fill out the little uh, form there. And we will get back to you either instantly or as soon as we possibly can. Usually it's pretty instantly because I do 
have access on my phone. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got. Um, oh, the you know the the uh, T Public or yeah T Public page uh, for New Lantern Media. Definitely check that out as well. Um, blah blah blah. Th- yeah, that's about it. Um, anything else uh, for you there? Uh, I think all, just one more thing to add on to all of that regarding regarding um, joining us. If anyone's interested in doing a podcast, uh, we do have a couple of ideas ourselves. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have again four podcasts currently on the New Lantern uh, under New Lantern Media. Three of which are ours. Um, right. Yeah. And we still have more ideas. We <laughs> we have other ideas that we want to do and we want to bring forth to uh, and really premiere uh, through New Lantern. But we're looking for talent that's going to be able to carry those shows with their voices. So just note that we do have some ideas in the works and we're in pre-production for those. And at some point in the relatively new future, near future, uh, we may be reaching out to you guys on Facebook and various social medias uh, to kind of chime in and maybe you know, do like a little audition if you're interested in doing a show, but maybe you're, you know, it's like one of those things where maybe you're interested in doing a show. You want to talk on the show. You want to, you know, do that kind of stuff, but you don't really want to have to go through the whole process of uh, strenuous research and looking for all the, uh, all the talent, like all the uh, guests and, you know, all that stuff. Maybe you don't want to go through that whole development process. That's okay because we do have stuff that we're going to develop on our own and then be interested in bringing, voice talent on to actually you know host those shows. The, or host yeah yeah so definitely keep a lookout for that when we do uh we'll, we'll air it on our actual show all of our shows we'll mention it either at the beginning of an episode or maybe it'll be in one of the commercials on any of the shows that we do or other shows that we're acquainted with uh by acquainted i just mean friend shows that we happen to listen to and know so just keep open for that. Be ready for it if you're interested in that kind of thing. And if you are interested and you want to reach out to us now, feel free to do that because we'd love to talk to you and tell you what, what's in the works and see if you're interested in that kind of uh, the topic matter. So, Well, actually, I think a good way to do that, and Eric and I will probably talk about this afterwards, but doing kind of like a Facebook Live talent show through New Lantern Media's Facebook page or... Um, the youtube channel or whatever something like that yeah for sure that'd be a, i think that'd be a lot of fun uh we can even award prizes at the end off the obviously the ultimate being uh cast as the host so. right <laughs> right <laughs> all right so yeah uh definitely stay tuned guys because uh i feel that that's something in the works so until next time where you'll find us same time same channel i'm justin And I'm Eric. Peace.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.